0: Welcome to today's episode of Between Means and Beans. My name is Nina and I'm joined by my best friend, partner, and baby daddy, Dayan.
1: And together, we're a couple of 20-something-year-olds just trying to navigate this whole first-time parenting thing.
0: So we're laying it all out there and talking about all the things you wish your parents told you about love, sex, and happiness. It is okay to not be okay. That is this week's podcast episode. We are sending much love. There are so many wildfires happening right now, there's a ton of smoke in Vancouver and I feel like, on top of everything else that has happened this year, um, we've just been taking a lot of time to reflect inwards, kind of just be with ourselves and check in with ourselves, both our health and our mental health and I've also recently found out that I've been experiencing postpartum depression which is very interesting for me because I thought of it as something that I might experience um, in the weeks really soon after birth. Yeah, Yeah, like right after birth.
1: It feels like it hit quite late, like almost like you cleared it, but.
0: Yeah, because I was like, oh yeah, like I'm feeling fine. Like at the beginning, Mm Um, I mean, obviously there's like so much joy and happiness and there was a lot of trauma that obviously we've talked about Um, just in relation to my birth and kind of feeling like I was a bit useless because I was healing and working through those emotions But I wouldn't say that I wouldn't classify them as postpartum depression because it just felt like i'm overwhelmed because of my situation um, whereas postpartum depression kind of feels like a beast of its own and it's kind of like these overwhelming emotions that you can't really explain, whereas in the beginning I was like, okay, like, obviously I feel overwhelmed because I just had a baby. I feel a bit useless because I can't really do anything. So, like, I could kind of explain it, whereas now I just feel anger. I feel irritable. I feel sad. I feel Anxiety. mad. Like, I feel so much anxiety mm-hmm. in my body. Like, it's so... Like, I haven't felt this much anxiety in my body since um, when we were deciding whether or not to go through with the pregnancy during my first trimester. And so, I like, I feel like because it's a very similar type of anxiety, it's not one that I've really felt before then i was like okay something is different here because it literally starts at my gut and it like crawls into like my neck and like just takes over my mind and it's awful like it feels Mm -hmm. absolutely awful and i think
1: do you think that it is related to the breastfeeding because we did read a few articles that say that it it can be linked to breastfeeding Mm -hmm. but i guess like have you experienced that feeling of anxiety when you weren't breastfeeding
0: yeah, so when it first started, it was every single time that I would sit down, maybe in the last uh, two weeks, every single time that I would sit down to breastfeed, and, like, breastfeeding now, after uh, the last couple of months of, like, you know, trying to figure it out, getting to latch, like, my breast getting engorged, and, like, all of my breast milk now, and, like, the whole routine of it has kind of regulated, so... Mm-hmm. For a while, like it was like it's been fantastic. Like I don't worry about an oversupply or an undersupply. Like I just am kind You've of you
1: kind of you got into the groove of it
0: exactly. Yeah. So like when we're talking about anxiety about breastfeeding, it's not because of that. It's that every single time that he latches and he latches beautifully, every single time that he latches and like the the second that he does, I feel this anxiety in my body and it's so mm-hmm. weird. And I mean, it could be related to. Like, the one time that I sit down in dark room to, like, to think to myself is also the same time that I'm sitting down to breastfeed. So, it could just be that.
1: Linked in that way. Yeah,
0: it could be that. It also could be the actual act of breastfeeding. Um, Yeah, because I read read online
1: about how when you do breastfeed, like, your body goes through a lot to produce that milk. Mm -hmm. And don't quote me on this, but I think that I did read that, like, your serotonin levels get dopamine. a little bit yeah your dopamine gets i guess like other parts of your body are being used so then that part of your body is like missing or whatever so then you feel yeah, like i that feel
0: like what you're saying is not making sense no.
1: but like without the article in front of me i can't really <laughs> quote gonna, it exactly i'm but. just gonna tell you what
0: Dion <laughs> tried to say but basically your body is working so hard to produce all this milk so it's not producing um Enough, or I guess how much dopamine you would normally have to feel, you know, not anxious. And so it's a very small percentage of women that we've read online that are affected by this. And so very well could be me. Again, it could also be situational because we are in the middle of a huge move. I wouldn't even say in the middle because the move is done. It's just now we're in this In, the in this of new organizing home. it all. Yeah, so we're like in the middle of organizing it all and it's obviously so so slow Compared to all the other moves that we've done because usually we move into a space and we stay up until like 2 3 a.m Just like moving everything around. We're like so excited to put things together and we are excited but at the same time We are so exhausted from like Continually working and also raising a human being and he's also going through sleep regression Which basically means that he's like learning to sleep all over again So he's not sleeping through the night anymore um so like all of those things combined adjusting
1: his living space probably doesn't help too
0: yeah we keep moving like his bedroom and like his crib but now i think we found we found like a place the
1: best way i think the best option but
0: basically it's just it could be a lot of things yeah is all i'm really saying and you can't i mean i can't really be too sure um unless obviously the situations change and it still is there Mm -hmm. but regardless like i've just been feeling a lot of very very strong negative emotions and it just kind of hit me out of nowhere and I think that when I thought about postpartum depression when I hear about it and even just like the name of it you know like I think in my mind I assumed that women would give birth and then immediately afterwards you're just you're so sad all the time and there's no Mm -hmm. joy you know because like yeah I don't know that was my idea of it and I think that's why I was like, oh, like, I'm definitely in the clear, like, this is fantastic, I'm so happy, and, like, that's the thing is that even as I'm talking about this, there are so many days and weeks and honestly even months where I was just so, so happy, like, all those negative emotions that had, like, very good reasons behind them that I listed earlier, those would still come up. You know, we would, you know, maybe argue about things, but it's all a big learning curve and that's kind of to be expected. But I was generally very happy and just very present. And I feel like I still am, but there are just some days where it is just so much. Mm -hmm. And like the other day, Dayan left to go to basketball. I knew he was going to leave. It was totally fine. He's done it before. Um, So it was just me putting Blue to sleep and obviously he's been sleeping less well lately because of his sleep regression and teething and all that and so i tried putting him to bed and he just like would not go to sleep and for some reason i just like snapped and i lost it and i was just bawling like i was just like ugly crying and i was like please just go to sleep like please and I mean, obviously, your baby can pick up on those emotions. So I think my stress made him more stressed. And so then he was crying even harder. And we're just mm-hmm. both there crying. And I'm trying so hard to put him to sleep. And I I know that in the beginning of parenthood, You read a lot of things that are like when you feel too stressed, when it's way too much, just put them down in their crib. Even if they're crying, they're in a safe place and just walk away because it's better than you trying to push, push, push. Mm -hmm. And then like you're just going to keep feeling awful. So I just needed to like take a step back and I still felt awful. I was still like I went to another room and I was just continually crying And I texted down, and I was like, "Come home now! I can't be alone." (laughs) And he immediately came home and helped me put Blue to sleep. But it it gets hard, and like I think that I expected that those days would happen, and I didn't expect to feel this out of control. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I think I the best that I can relate it to is when um, I was on like a really bad birth control when I was in college. It was just like this one pill. Um, and I've like tried a bunch of different ones, but this one in particular was awful. Like I literally went to sleep every single night for a month crying and I had no reason to cry. Like I would literally get into bed. I just, yeah. Like it, I mean, that's what it is, you know, like it, it's different levels of like estrogen and, um, so basically, yeah, like I would crawl into bed and I'm like, I don't even feel sad really. Like, I don't know what I'm upset about, but my body is telling me to cry and just sit here and veg out and be sad and so i felt so out of control of my emotions at that point in my life
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um and i guess other various times where i've been on birth control but i just hadn't felt that way in a long time and i wasn't expecting it so i think like kind of hit you
1: like a ton of bricks yeah
0: it definitely did and i think like all of this is just to say that um you know like i obviously had a lot of preconceived notions about what postpartum life would be like what postpartum depression would look like um even after reading so much about it and hearing other people's stories but it very much can exist in conjunction with and it's not mutually exclusive with joy and happiness and so much love for your baby you know like i thought that i had missed it i had missed postpartum depression because i was just so happy but then sometimes it just sneaks up on you yeah and i think that that's important to know because like it's not it's not your fault there's nothing like wrong with you really i mean obviously postpartum depression is a very real issue you should definitely talk about it and seek help um if it is affecting you and like hindering you from experiencing joy and like things like that but there's
1: definitely a lot of like solutions or like methods and things like that to to help because i know like my friend who said she she was dealing with it for years yeah and she offered she offered, like, she said microdosing of, like, uh, a, a type of antidepressant really helped her. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, an antidepressant that's, like, in the form of chocolate, which is yeah. kind of interesting. Um, so, yeah, she said that really helped her because she went through an extremely rough path with her with her yeah. uh, postpartum depression. And, um, yeah, crazy, I, know, I think just it's like, I think everyone reaches different levels as well, and so there's different things that help you. But, yeah. I yeah, guess it's
0: just, like, crazy how little people do talk about it, though, because... I have yet to talk to my mom about it, but I don't I mean she's never mentioned it. I mean like I know that her raising two children that were like a year apart is very hard and I think that's the thing is that people talk about how hard it is, but they don't talk about the fact that this is like a real actual issue. It's not just that it's yeah. hard. Raising a child is hard, you know, like that's a given, but like on top of that having postpartum depression and feeling like these emotions that are out of control and like having these really dark thoughts it's it's hard it's really really hard and so yeah I just wanted to share that with you guys because I didn't I didn't realize that anxiety and anger were a big part of it and I was like wait a minute (laughs) I have been angry for a very long time so
1: once I read that I was like oh it all makes
0: sense (laughs)
1: yeah i mean and like and that's the thing it comes in waves as well because like i experienced where like you know you're super happy and i would never assume that like you know uh you're having a tough time in any way right but then it comes in waves and then there's times where you're like just so angry and there's like you yeah. kind of see red where it's like there's yeah, not the really much is, but also i'm frustrating very, you I get are it.
0: not very good at handling <laughs> those emotions dan is great at like loving me and when i'm happy and he's happy then he's like so fantastic you are so fantastic Thank you, baby. but when i'm angry all you want to do is just push every single button until i burst
1: yeah i don't know i, I guess i like to <laughs> you instigate. do like to
0: instigate because yeah. i hear you arguing with your mom i know
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i don't that's the thing like i don't like being yelled at so yeah. like i try to you know Deflect. return that Defensiveness, yeah, defense, (laughs) and then also like a little bit of retaliation, and then it never turns out good. It's
0: it's never good because I'm like you're just talking out of your asshole right now, yeah, and I'm not having it. And I know it, it. (laughs) and I know it
1: for the most part. That's the
0: thing too is I'm like we both know it, so why are we having this conversation? And it makes me more angry. Yeah. So I feel like it's gone to a point now where yeah, when like I start to feel rage, either I suppress it because I'm like it's just gonna make him defensive. Or I'm like, Nina, pick your battles. And I think that, I mean, I want to say that I am better at it now. And to be fair, I mean, I'm better than when I was a teenager. So, I mean, that's gross, right? But like, <laughs> but you do definitely have to pick your battles. And sometimes you just can't help it. And you should know that I'm going through things. Mm-hmm. But I guess, like, for you, on the flip side, they say that dads can't experience sad dad. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, postpartum depression usually happens to the birthing person but obviously it's just like a huge huge shift like it's a huge life shift it, it affects every part of your life so yeah um like it very much can affect both parents so do you feel like there have been times where you either felt like out of control of your emotions or had emotions that you can't really explain or sad dad
1: for me i think like i would have I would get hit with like frustration and then it would turn into anger and i don't want that to happen so yeah it is like it's you can't really control it Mm -hmm. but i experience that the most when he is he's a baby but he's being dramatic do you know what i mean you know when he has those moments where like he needs to to us. it's
0: dramatic but to him it's the only way that he knows how to communicate yeah
1: so like i mean like when you know when obviously I, I I don't breastfeed him, so like when you give me like breast milk or formula in a bottle then I like bottle feed him and then like he like gags or like chokes on the on the on the nipple and then like you know like and then he'll like quickly switch and then start drinking from it. And then, like, be dramatic again and then, like, not want it and spit it out and then just scream and cry. And that would, like, frustrate me the most because, like, Dan has I no know patience.
0: that. You guys should know this now.
1: Sure. I, but have, like-
0: se- I have seen you try to feed him. And the- he does the same thing to me, too. When I'm trying to, like, give him a bottle, like, he'll do that same exact thing. Even when I'm trying to put him on the breast, he'll, like, it's because he's so upset that we didn't catch on to what he was trying to tell us earlier that he's like, why 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 and then he's finally like okay this is what i want so i will just stop now (laughs) but like you don't have the patience to like push through to that Mm -hmm. you know like you're just like he's being he's being dramatic i need to just stop now (laughs) but then it like prolongs this process so that's the
1: thing it's like see i don't want to be that way but it just like it like yeah it just hits me and i like can't do anything about it and i mean like yeah his like screeching when it gets like out of hand and i just like don't really understand like why he's doing that and i just want it to to stop but i mean if you read online it's like a, it's like it helps him develop but that's language. the thing is that from since but,
0: the beginning like you're always trying to rationalize his action but you have like to understand adult, that he is yeah. straight up like an alien that has been dropped into this planet and he does not know anything Mm -hmm. he doesn't know that his screeching is frustrating you he doesn't want to frustrate you like it's more frustrating for him because like he's like let me go to sleep change my diaper feed me and he's trying to tell you these things or he's expecting you to know and you just don't and so then we just keep doing all this other stuff or we ignore it and then he gets frustrated and he's like, why are you not doing these things that I'm telling you? Because the only way he knows how to communicate is screeching or crying. So, I mean, that's the thing is yeah. that I think like you're constantly trying to rationalize a, a baby that doesn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because you assume that he has like an adult mind that he's like doing this on purpose to you or to frustrate like, you. i like, he's but a
1: super baby. He he's, know. Not. he's not. He's yeah. just a regular baby. But like, yeah, it's just like, I love him so much. And, like, I want him to get all the food and nutrition and sleep that he needs. And it's, like, I think the most frustrating is when he's, like, at the verge of, like, falling asleep. And then he, like, does something and it basically, like, starts screaming and wakes up and, like, all this stuff. Like, like especially when you're holding him, he falls asleep in your hands. And then you put him down in the crib and then, like... He just like, you know, like moves all around and wakes up. So it, it is frustrating because you're like, ah, oh, we were just there. And then you do have to repeat the process from square one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I think being like really exhausted and tired and it's never his fault, but like just being in that state of mind and then it's just, you know, it's very exhausting. And I think like that amount of like exhaustion turns into frustration. Like, yeah. really strong, strong amounts of, like, frustration where it's just, like... Yeah, and then we like, get
0: frustrated at each other. Because yeah, and we're then we yeah, so start bickering. And, yeah, it's, like, we're 3 a.m., so and I'm just, like, ah. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Then we both say, like, little jabs to each other, and then it just gets worse.
0: I would say they're big jabs. And then in about an hour, then it's, like, I don't even care. Like, what's the point of being angry or fighting? Like,
1: yeah. it's
0: just at the end of the day, like, we both want the same thing. We want this baby to sleep. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, I guess, like, I haven't really felt, like, sad dad or any, like, depression is mostly just fatigue and then followed by frustration. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and I feel like that's, yeah, that's, I think the main difference is that, like, you're dealing with exhaustion and frustration and, like, needing to be more patient with a human being than you Mm -hmm. ever have in your entire life. But I think that, um... Like, where it differs from my experience is that I have all of those things as well. And then on top of that, it's, like, all of these emotions that I can't really rationalize the way that you're able to rationalize that, okay, he shrieks and therefore I get frustrated. You know, like, he shrieks and I get frustrated too. But then all the anxiety and, like, the, like, anger that turns into rage, like, that doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah. So I think, like, that's it's like where... like, unexplainable
1: within you. Yeah, so,
0: like, I think that's where, for me, I was, like, okay, this is, like, an issue. And I think it took, I I think that maybe if I didn't explain it away or if I wasn't so used to explaining away emotions like that, then maybe I would have caught on to it sooner because, I mean, the way that I'm phrasing this narrative now is as if, you know, like at the beginning of the pregnancy or at the beginning of postpartum, I didn't experience any postpartum depression and now all of a sudden at four months I do. But to be fair, like, the anger that turns into rage has been there kind of the whole time, you know? And that's in large part because my hormones are changing and because of this huge new change. And, um, yeah, I feel like once you realize how often you explain away those emotions or you're like, oh, it's not a big deal, you know, that's just you. Like, I think for so long, I've accepted that these really strong negative emotions are just who I am. But that's not the case and I feel like it's just because I've been pregnant and in postpartum for so long that I don't remember <laughs> what it's like to feel normal anymore yeah. um like before I'd get angry but it's like a normal level level of angry whereas now I just see red and it can be kind of scary because it's like I it just it makes me so dramatic as a person and I don't like feeling that way so all of this is just to say that you know, there's a reason for it and I know that there's so many other people and so many people have reached out to me um, and you're not alone if you're feeling these things and even if your postpartum experience doesn't sound anything like mine um, but you do feel different, then it's it's fine. You know, because this is such a big huge change in your life one that you can rationalize but also there's so many changes happening within your body and in your mind that of course it's going to have some kind of effect on you and a really really profound effect on you but from what I've heard from other people that have gone through this experience is that it does get better and it does go away and for the most part it is very much temporary so I mean I just cling to that and I know that (laughs) like I hope that like now I know that when I feel those emotions that I can let it wash over me instead of like taking major control of like my mind and body because I think like I need to be better about just observing it as it comes and then letting it go because a lot of times when i'm in these moods um or when like these emotions happen i i cling on to them for some reason and it's it's as if i want to be angry or i want to be upset but but it's like i don't really have control over how strong it is and so i should also just give up control and let it just wash over me and leave when it wants to leave instead of, like, clinging onto to it like it's part of my identity. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is... I used to
1: do that a lot, like...
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: I still do sometimes for, like, certain things, but, yeah, I used to cling on to, like, certain emotions and, like, kind of put my put myself through something that, like... Yeah. yeah I think I just... a lot
0: of times, I mean, honestly, I feel like I like to imagine that my life is like a movie and sometimes I just want to feel things. And I know that's, like, the most emo thing you've ever heard, but, like, <laughs> I feel like especially when I was... In high school and even a little bit in college, I was just very much about romanticizing your life. But in a lot of ways, I mean, obviously, romanticizing your life can be very positive. Um, and in a lot of ways, I do that more positively now. But I think I was doing it in very negative ways when I was younger because I watched so many movies that, you know, make me feel things. And I wanted to feel things in real life. And so I would almost create scenarios or cling on to scenarios or people because i wanted to feel really intense emotions like whether they were like positive or negative
1: and And put yourself in dramatic situations yeah
0: like i definitely had some very dramatic relationships and very dramatic i don't know instances and i i don't know like i feel like even now even though i've grown so much from that person that i was it all was in my mind to create this narrative about my life so that I would never live my life without regret and it would be this like great grand movie that I was the main character in and that sounds so narcissistic but that's what it's like when you're young I guess
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I remember I took that into my first relationship too where I was like I want a relationship where we, like, argue more. More passion. Yeah, because there weren't as many arguments in my first relationship. And I'm like, I want, like, someone to, like, argue with, like, in the movies. Like, where it's like, I love you. Yeah. Oh,
0: man, we do a lot of that. (laughs) Well, actually, not so much anymore. In our first year. In our first year, we
1: did. First year, yes. Yeah,
0: Yeah. in our first year. Now we don't because we're We're on on year three now. (laughs) We're exhausted, bro. (laughs) Now it's like we start to get there. And I'm just like, no, 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 (laughs) no. it's so, fine yeah. I love you come here
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly so yeah it's it's okay to not feel okay and just and let those emotions just like run through you and then
0: and also talk about them what I helps me that, the most
1: is sorry to interrupt again yeah. but like what helps me the most because I just don't want to forget but when you told me that one time when I was feeling like really depressed was it's temporary yeah. like it's only temporary that helped me the most oh
0: yeah Dan was wigging out i was yeah. like you are not okay but i was just like holding his face and i was like this is only temporary this is only temporary
1: <laughs> and that actually helped me yeah. so much because i guess like you, you when always you're forget in it you to feel tell like it's that, your whole
0: and... world yeah. yeah so yeah it's only temporary and obviously we can only speak from our own experiences and obviously people that are dealing with like these emotions at a much larger scale um mm-hmm obviously you know i can't speak to that experience and like Mm -hmm. how intense that can be and like how prolonged that can feel but i think from our own experiences like these really intense emotions do come and go and sometimes they stay for days weeks months and sometimes they're here for like five minutes so i think for me like what does help is just knowing that things are temporary and there are always resources and that I am surrounded by people that do care. And I will say that you are much better now at dealing with my sad emotions than when we first started out dating. (laughs) Like, I don't, I, I mean, I feel like I'm very good at comforting and whenever you're upset, then I do a very good job of, you know, talking you down from that ledge and, like, being there for you.
1: Yeah, and I'm just trying to learn off of you so that I can do the same thing.
0: Yeah, about. and, like, it's getting better, but for a yeah. long time, I was just, like, I would be so sad and upset, and you're just, like, okay, yeah, you're you're okay, though. Like, you're going to be fine, and I was, like, are you kidding me? Like, that is, like, the worst thing That's that you thing. can like, tell I can somebody. Only,
1: I mean, like, I only knew from, like, what i received like yeah. from what i knew back then too you know what i mean so like have
0: all your exes comforted you in that way
1: yeah i guess so That's i can't fully remember interesting in like i can't fully remember like yeah. those like, specific moments it feels but, like
0: a lifetime ago we talk about this but
1: i don't know but... if i wouldn't say necessarily that i learned that from like i wouldn't say that i learned that from my past relationships i would say that i learned that from like my parents and yeah. like people that were like my close friends and stuff like that Um, To be
0: fair, I mean, I didn't learn it from my parents. My mom was very much, you were okay, go drink water, everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. You're fine. Like, I told her that I was, like, I mean, the first time that I really experienced, like, depression, like, real hard depression was in middle school. And I was having a lot of issues with, like, this girl that I was friends with. And we also, like, would get into fights and we would hate each other. And... Um, I mean, it, like, really, like, rocked my whole world, and I just didn't want to go to school. I, like, didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to do anything, and when I told her, and when I finally was, like, I need comfort from her, she was just, like, just, you're fine. Like, you don't need friends. Like, you just go to school. You're fine. And I was, like, how is that helpful? Like, at all. Like, and it was just so bad. So, I think because I received so, such poor support, and to be fair, it's, like, I mean, my mom obviously... Just deals in, with things her in her own way, and she's very much like, yeah, you don't need friends, you just need family. But I'm like, this is not helpful. <laughs> and I was like, I definitely need friends to survive in school. But I think because I didn't receive support in the way that I wanted to, then I just became very good at providing support. And I I will say, I have made great efforts to be better support to my friends over the last couple of years. But I will say that growing up, I was much better. I have always I had always been better at supporting my romantic partners than my friends for some reason. And this probably is also because of my mom's often said statement that like friends don't matter. And this is going so off topic right now. But yeah, it's just interesting because I saw that my mom and my dad had such a strong partnership and, like, even if they weren't really supporting each other, I just knew that, like, they were each other's everything. And so, for me, I was, like, if I can support my partner, like, that is going to be my person, you know? But, like... The priority. Yeah. And, like, even though I was, like, so resistant to my mom's idea that, like, friends don't matter, I still wanted friends. But then I think it, like, in the back of my head, I was always, like, okay, but they don't matter. So then it's, like, if you're not really being supportive, it's, like, whatever. If they leave, you'll have new friends and yeah so it it took me a lot of years to unlearn that and to like be a better friend and i feel like now i'm like a pretty good friend (laughs) i try really hard um but anyways i don't know how we got on this topic but (laughs) essentially i feel like you have gotten much better at supporting me because when i called down the other day and i was like please come home he like came home he gave me a hug. And then without like saying anything, you just like went to Blue's room, helps him go to sleep and was like, do you want to take a bath? Let's draw you a bath. And I was like, yes, that's everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like so much better than just telling somebody you're going to be okay.
1: And that's the thing. And uh, cause I learned that initial, the way I used to be from my parents. Cause like, yeah, I mean, and I don't know, like it could help you sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. And I it think does like, not,
0: it never helps me to just be because that's, yeah, the thing, what, that's what we're learning now but. with Blue is that like we're reading a lot of like parenting books and it basically tells you that you need to validate your children's emotions and like I wasn't validated when I was younger and I don't want to do that to Blue and I feel like by telling somebody when they feel say when I feel intense sadness you know like if I have somebody that says oh you're fine. You're going to be okay. First of all, I know I'm going to be okay. I know that it's temporary. I know it's going to wash over me. I know it's not forever. But yeah. I also am feeling sad and I can't just not feel sad. And so I need somebody to not tell me it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. You're okay. I need somebody to be like, you're okay. Or you're sad and that's okay.
1: Yeah. And that's how my, yeah, because... Like I was saying earlier, like my my parents, they would just be like, "Oh yeah, it's fine. You're you don't need those people. Like those people aren't supposed yeah. to be in oh, your wow, life." Yeah. Oh wow, our parents are so similar. Yeah, or like <laughs> you'll, you'll find somebody new. Like you're great. You're amazing. Oh my God, like, is this why we're? they Is
0: this why we're together? Is because <laughs> our parents have shaped our friend and romantic we're similar. love yeah. languages. Of course, of
1: course, <laughs> we're very similar, and like yeah, so like. <laughs> They would always be like, you know, either feed feed my ego or just tell me everything is going to be okay. And obviously that those are great intentions, right? And so I, that's kind of just like all I really knew as well. If you're feeling sad, like intense amounts of sadness, I am unable to put myself in that position and just hear and just tell you what Empathy. I... be Yeah, but also just like I would just tell you what also is overall truth and coming with good intent. But like,
0: not it's not what you want to hear at the
1: time, right? So yeah. But um, I don't know. I guess when I heard it from my parents, it never felt like it would make me frustrated. I think it did kind of help, but like not as much as it could help. Yeah. So I think that's where I kind of learned that like I could be more But I think that, like, that's I could why you more, kind of like help. sweep
0: your emotions under the rug. Like you're like, oh, a lot of sadness. Okay, I'll just do something else to make me feel happy, and then I won't be sad anymore. Yeah. But that it's like, is, yeah, but, that the, is how but that's operate, the thing is that you're not sure. dealing with the thing that's making you sad. Yeah, so like it'll just that's you coming back and exactly. then just deal so with like, as that's the back. thing is you do that with me all the time. When I'm sad, dan like will wanna just make me happy. And I'm like, yeah. I don't want to be happy. I want to sit in this this isn't the same as what I was talking about earlier about being dramatic and romanticizing your life. But like sometimes you like you need to just need have to a cry, you know? It. Yeah. You need to work through your emotions, like what is actually making you upset. And you that's know? what
1: I learned now, like in regards to when I supported you last when you called me to come back, like I knew that you needed to go through and you needed to like cry and feel what you need to feel and what I better, felt better what better place to do that than inside of a bath. Yeah. You know what I mean? So,
0: in a nice warm bath. So yeah, I
1: just, now I know that I just need to be there to like support, listen, and um, try to help in a way that isn't necessarily telling you yeah. something that you already know. I and don't like being that, told
0: things I already know. Exactly. I hate unsolicited advice. Like it's, it's, it's not hard to support somebody. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's, for me, usually also what I do- not
1: necessarily easy, though.
0: I guess so. Okay, but for me, what I usually try to do if somebody's, like, very much in distress is I usually ask questions about how they're feeling to get a better gauge of, like, all the emotions that they're feeling and, like, maybe what's causing it or helping them to, like, find clarity in what's causing it um not offering advice because usually it's not asked for and therefore would just irritate the other person more um but just kind of try even if you can't understand or like if you haven't been through a similar situation like understand that it's okay for that person to feel this way and that you're there with them you know these are Give the them a nina, hug.
1: nina rules of consulting
0: yeah but i mean i feel like it works with you and it works with like my friends
1: yeah you work wonders I, I sometimes i'm like stumped when somebody like i like try to stay quiet because i'm like if i say anything it just might be the wrong thing yeah so i just like, but then that
0: translates as like unsupportive
1: yeah but it's more just like
0: yeah it's because you don't know what to say and you don't want to say the wrong thing which is better i guess than like saying the wrong thing
1: yeah Which I'm good at doing sometimes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then we'll come home and Dan's like, was I being cringe?" And I'm like, yes, you were. (laughs) Let's go. It's like every single time after we hang out with people, like we'll go through like Dan's report card of like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Of like things that I was cringe about.
0: Yeah. Like, did you say that? Okay. You're like. I
1: don't know. I just, yeah. I just feel happy a lot of times. And then I'm just like. When I get hit with something that's like different from the emotion that I'm feeling right now, I'm like.
0: But let's go back. Can to I take
1: yeah? Like, can I take myself out of that? But then also, like, can I bring everyone into this world with me? But then, yeah. like, obviously, that that could be frustrating and cringe and just like everything. So, yeah, I think, I think the thing is that like I love
0: you so much because I appreciate so much like how much joy you experience in life, and ultimately, when I do think about the human experience, like. I think everybody should experience more joy, you know? But mm-hmm. I think, like, it's... I think we balance each other out because I try to be as realistic with my emotions. And, like, you always want to experience joy, which is great. Um, and you find it very easy to experience joy, which I think a lot of people struggle with, which I sometimes struggle with.
1: I'm a simple and, man to please.
0: Yeah, so it's, like, I think that the way that you experience life is very beautiful, but I think that it's when it comes to those more difficult emotions that you try to brush off or you try to in yourself or other people act as if they don't exist to just get back to happiness like I think that's if you continue to do that for too long then it gets bad you know because Mm -hmm. it's going to come out at one point or another because you you need to deal with those and so I feel like that's why we kind of balance each other out well because it's not like I'm always sitting here trying to like get you to be real and sad and mad (laughs) but I feel like But
1: when it comes you definitely help me work through it as opposed to like you probably wouldn't even necessarily let me just brush it under the rug again. No,
0: now I read you <laughs> so well. I feel like I read you so well. Like, yeah, I I know pretty much every emotion that you're feeling, and I know that if you're being quiet, again, I'm just a
1: simple man. Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> very very simple book. I learned to read you in.
1: Just, I'm a picture. I'm a picture just book. Two years. Yeah, <laughs> there's no words in that book. It's just pictures. <laughs> <laughs> super easy read yeah
0: okay i want to end this podcast episode with talking about a couple of things that we each like to do um when we're not feeling okay and things that we personally do to make ourselves feel better and so for me um some of mine are cooking i mean this might not be for you if you don't like cooking if it stresses you out like day on <laughs> but i personally really 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 love cooking and i think it's something about doing tasks and like I'm also good at cooking so I feel like I know that I'm gonna make something good. so that's like a positive like, I don't know affirmation for me. but I feel like when you're doing kind of like mundane tasks, you're not really thinking too much besides like you know, I'm chopping, 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 I'm stirring, 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 stirring. and like it's therapeutic to kind of just think about the task at hand instead of having your mind race about a million other things. Um, so I personally really like to cook. Going on walks is really nice. Um, sometimes it's just like going on walks by myself and just listening to music, and sometimes it's just us going on walks. And I think it's, Like on days where I feel like I need a walk to clear my head or to feel less anxious, I do have to communicate that with you because then it sets the tone for the kind of walk that we're going to have. And like, then you're also able to be, um, I guess, kind of like more respectful of like the space that I want to kind of be in in that walk. Like, so we won't usually like talk as much or we won't talk about work or things we need to do. We'll just talk about like how we're feeling, um, which does help me. And then. I would say that when I can remember to, journaling is also really good because when I have way too many emotions and way too many thoughts in my head, like I need to put it to paper so that I can let go of them um, because a lot of them don't need to be floating in my head. But it's just the fact that like I haven't really given them the time to come into, not come into fruition, but like I haven't really given them the time to like really manifest into like its full idea or its full scope. Then they're just kind of floating in my mind and they're like remember me remember you remember me So I need to like write it down and let go of it. So I feel like those things really help Um, and just like sleeping more. I feel like usually when i'm feeling like really overrun by Less favorable emotions then usually I just need like a lot of rest hydration um don't eat too many like Sugary snacks, personally, Dayan probably will tell you to eat all the gummy bears. Um, but when I
1: lists are opposite,
0: yeah, they're very opposite, they're so
1: different, except for the sleep part,
0: yeah. But I mean, for me, like when I eat crappy food, then I feel crappy, and even though that's like all you want to eat, I think there's like a balance between eating crappy food to like make you feel like comforted, and I do do that as well. But it's when I like overeat those and I'm just like not even thinking, and I'm just like just overeating then it gets to a point where I'm like okay now I feel gross and now I feel even worse (laughs) which does happen to you because I know that you eat gummy bears to make yourself happy and then in about 30 minutes they won't be laying there with like so many wrappers around him and then he's like I feel sick Nina and I'm like I don't know what to tell you at this point (laughs) so that is my list that's what I have for now and then I guess I'll let you know if I have any others but your turn
1: Yeah, so sleeping is definitely one that helps. And then my answer for basically everything is going out and playing ball. Like, that always just, like, helps clear my mind. And, like, I just, I guess, focus on the task at hand. But, like...
0: Exercise. It's
1: just something that, like, yeah, like, thinking... Just, like, doing movements that come naturally and, like, have that sense of comfort, which is basketball for me, like, that I love the most. Going for a bike ride is really nice as well because, like you get all that wind in your hair <laughs> and it's it's really just you on a bike yeah and like you are alone because i don't know i don't have any extra seats on my bike
0: <laughs> it's not tandem even if you're tandem biking you're yeah. still not really talking and to then
1: each other. another thing that really helps me is just like music like either listening to music that i really really find comfort in and really like or like discovering something new because then discovering, discovering something new, new you get your mind off of nice, it. Yeah. yeah. But then having something that you already know and love that is, like, comfort, comforting. That is, like, really helpful. Um, gummy bears because just brings you back to being a child. And that's probably when you were the happiest. <laughs> <laughs> when you had no responsibilities. Um, and, yeah, I guess, like, eating cereal and chilling. Whole Saturday morning vibes. Like, that gets me. Um,
0: I will say, actually... Now that we are so 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 busy and it's like go 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 more than ever before Um, I feel like in the past maybe if I like spent Like a day in bed Then I would eventually start to feel like okay I'm just vegging out here and now I feel worse because I'm not being productive but now because I feel like we're like so active all the time that like for a moment just like being in bed and just like either cuddling or being in bed alone in just like cool sheets is honestly the best feeling. Definitely. It's it's so nice and like when i'm not feeling okay just like trying to stay grounded in and like just take a moment to
1: mm-hmm. myself
0: to relax and be like it's okay. That really helps. And the last thing that i will say is honestly there's a new one being around children. Being really? yeah wow yeah being around like i mean just our child is like a little bit really
1: well just like seeing like how much stuff they touch and like
0: okay well that's very different for me it's their joy yeah. And they're so happy and they're so pure. They're so pure.
1: They're so and that, pure. That, that's and say, like... The
0: reason why for me it helps when I'm not feeling okay is because it reminds me that my problems are very small in the scope of things. hmm And also... Th- sorry, this is actually the last one.
1: <laughs> this is a run-on on sentence. I know
0: this is a run-on sentence. This is... It's been a run-on sentence. But um, the actual last thing is hanging out with people, not just people that are, like, in your immediate circle, but I think, like, reconnecting with people. Um, And that's not really to say like, you know, reconnecting with people that you might have cut off because they're toxic or people that you don't actually genuinely have a connection with, but I feel like a lot of times I'm like, okay, like I need to be surrounding myself with people that are on the same wavelength, you know, doing the same type of work, but... I mean, actually, I don't really do that anymore. But when I do take the time to connect with somebody from my past or connect with, you know, new people or, like, one of Dayan's friends that I've never met before that just has a very different perspective on life or a very different experience um, in their life than I do, then I feel like it also helps me feel like my problems are a lot smaller than they are. Because Mm -hmm. when you're, like, say it's, like, anxiety about work or career if i'm surrounding myself with people that you know are pushing me and elevating me but then also at the same time causing me a lot of anxiety because i'm like okay they're doing this and so like am i doing enough like they're being really creative am i creative enough to like compete or like blah blah, blah. and like you know like those when your head starts going that hamster wheel sometimes it's nice to take yourself out of that hang out with people that are like not in that world and like yeah. reground yourself in like real life you know like it's Work isn't everything, you know, and I feel like now I'm just talking about work and it's not just that's not the only time that I uh, have these intense emotions. But it's it's definitely one of my biggest areas, I think, of stress.
1: So that's what that's why I say, like, when I'm feeling the most sad, the thing that helps me the most is reconnecting to to like being a child. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because that really does just make me the happiest. So. Yeah, that's why I turned to like gummy bears and also playing basketball. That is something that I always did as a kid. So, yeah, just having that like carefree comfort and just like of just being able to just be ultimately your purest self. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's what I always try to I always try to like go back to that like re-channel
0: yeah people are trying to move forward and dan's trying to move backwards yeah i'm a
1: (laughs) grown-ass kid but yeah i mean that's when i feel like the happiest when i'm like all right like how can i feel like a child again do you know what i mean because yeah i mean admit it that makes you so happy like there's no way
0: it does but i think you also are a lot more in tune with that more childlike side of you. I think if I were to... I was quite a serious child. <laughs> I mean, I ha- obviously had, like, a lot of fun and things like that. But I think for me to try to tap into what that joy felt like, that purity in children... Oh, like, rollerblading, is, ice
1: skating? Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. To be fair, I'm very happy when I'm rollerblading and ice skating. So I think it's anything that feels nostalgic Point to you. has
1: been proven.
0: Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anything that feels nostalgic and... I mean, honestly, if I just play Sims for a couple of hours, fantastic. That's my childhood. So So, yeah, whatever, I guess, made you really happy as a kid, maybe start there.
1: So if there's anything that you learned from this episode, it is okay to not feel okay.
0: And I know that you guys already know that. And regardless, I want you guys to know that we've been there. We feel you it's okay to not feel okay and you're not alone you know like there's Mm -hmm. always people um that love you and you matter and you are enough as you are and some days just surviving is enough so don't push yourself too hard and at the end of the day try to be like day and just just experience the joys in life it's hard it's hard and i don't know how you do it yeah i don't know how you mastered it but that's just you as a person and it's it's something that people work so hard
1: years of practice i think i I always tried to find ways to reconnect with how i was as a child yeah
0: Yeah. that helps um especially if i mean if you had like a great childhood
1: yeah that's true
0: yeah but um that's it for this episode. You can find us at Means and Deans on Instagram. I am your girl, Means,
1: and I'm Daniel's day off.
0: And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.
1: Bye bye.